Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Hey everybody, I'm Amanda. I'm Casper. I don't understand. You're Casper. Casper is a friendly ghost. Mm -hmm. Is this because we just saw a ghost? No. When this comes out? No. It's because... this artist is white no (laughs) i don't understand who played casper devin sawa okay okay i get it i'm not upset i'm not upset i was originally upset (laughs) (laughs) anyway hello welcome to the worst podcast on mars also known as Reesey pieces like i said i'm amanda that's evan and here's why i'm always almost upset because last week when we finished recording, you said, I have my name for next week already. And I asked what it was, and you said, Skittles. And I went, God damn it. And I showed you my notes for this episode, and my name was Skittles. So I was going to change it. And then when I asked you right before you hit record what your name was going to be, or I said, Did you, are you using Skittles anymore? And you said, No. And I thought, This motherfucker, I'm going to say Reese's Pieces, and he's going to have it. So I did the name first. And you said something different, so I'm okay. And that was my grievance. <laughs> oh, not what we just went through? No. <laughs> um, so, this is the worst podcast on Mars. This is where we, uh, this is where we, I, English. Lose our trains of thought? Yes. Um, we pick an album at random from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of 200 definitive definitive albums we give you the history we give you the um, reviews on it like how well it did how well it sold and then we listen to it not on air because that would be a huge waste of your time but we listen to it on our own time and we give you our personal thoughts and feelings and emotions on it and give it a rating and we usually argue with each other and hate each other for the ratings just for the ratings just for the ratings um before we get into this one, I do want to say, Evan, I would like to remind you that what I, just, I did, what did I not do? No, 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 no. I just listen. Traditionally, his peer pressure from dead people. Stop interrupting me. Traditionally, if there is an album that I like, it's one that you don't like. Okay. And then you poo-poo on it. And you give it a poor rating for bullshit reasons. And I would just like to remind you that I listen to almost nothing but true crime podcasts all day, every day. I just want you to leave that in the back of your mind. I listen to true crime, okay? All I gotta do is put my hand up on your forehead and you can't reach me with your tiny T-Rex arms. (laughs) So, um, before we get into the topic, do you have any corrections? No, mainly because I haven't edited the last episode. So, so you know. might. Well, you just finished editing Rush. Yes, and it, I'm did, almost done with Earth, One and Fire. Did you have any corrections from what you've heard so far? No. Okay, I don't either. What is your grievance? You you literally said you, you had one. Like, just a few seconds ago, you ha- said you had one. Prove it. Oh, my God. You know this is being recorded, right? Yeah. And you're still going to say prove it? Yes. How well did that go for you last time you played this game? It went okay. It went okay? (laughs) Yeah, and you know why? Because you can't prove that it did otherwise. (laughs) Oh my god, I hate you. So no grievances? No. No. Well, my stupid bit about you taking my name and then not taking my name was my grievance. So let's, let's get into it. This week we're talking, and I'm so excited about this. I'm freaking so excited. We're talking Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP. This was released May 23rd of 2000, and it's number 28 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. So, you know, last week we did Dookie, and I told you how many pages I had and how many, like, pieces of information I had to um, get rid of because it was too, like, too much, too many sources. Same thing here. I had a lot of information, and it was it was so good, and so I had to figure out because I also don't want to keep everybody for six hours talking about Eminem, but we might because your face wants to say something. What? Before we get started, I do have a question for you. Yes. Is this the yeah? Is this the first parental advisory album on the list? 
it may not be the first one on the list if you're looking in well, um, that we that we discussed. Order, but yes, yes, and we'll talk a little bit about it. I mean, I don't specifically say it's got a parental advisory, but we'll talk about the controversy surrounding that. Um, but yes, it does have a parental advisory, and um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, Did your parents know you listened to this one? Are they going to take this one away from you too? Uh, the answer to the first part of that is no, and the second part might be maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you ready to get into it? Yeah. Yeah. So this is Eminem's third studio album and references his personal life, criticisms from his first album, stardom, and recent cultural events like the Columbine school shooting. Eminem rapped about stuff people recognize from pop culture, turning pop music into rap and creating drama out of the entertainment industry. So before I, I continue, and I don't want you to go into a lot of detail when I answer this, but I would like you to answer the question in a way that actually answers the question. Because a lot of times you answer a question without answering the question. Prove it. God, I'm, I'm going to throat punch you and we're going to do it so close to the mic. So people know what it is. And that's going to be like our opening theme is me throat punching you over and over again. You frustrate me. Can you tell I listen to Eminem? <laughs> um, do you... Do you remember... Oh, stop singing Earth, Wind, and Fire. Do you remember a lot of kind of what was going around around this time when this came out see i so when this came this was released i was a this was the spring of my junior year i would say you were junior yeah like columbine happened the year before um and i like i remember where i was when that that happened and i remember like seeing my teachers so upset we live in ohio and I remember seeing, so, like, I remember the shit. And then when this came out, like, I remember a lot of the cultural things he was he was talking about in his songs. I remember, you know, seeing how, like, adults reacted to this and being a child that this was targeted to. Like, I remember a lot of this. You were 11? Yeah. You, almost 12. 11 almost 11 next day next day um so you probably i don't remember columbine yeah you, you don't remember any of this shit um the, f- the first big cultural event that i remember around this time was 9 11 yeah but that's i think that's on a different level then mm-hmm. but that's a different thing yeah so um what genre do you think Eminem falls under? See, I don't know the difference between hip hop and rap. Okay. Or if there is a difference. Yes, to both of those. But technically, and I will explain because what I'm about to say is going to put a confused ass look on your face. He falls under horrorcore. I saw that. Did you I see I that? looked briefly at the Wikipedia page and that was on there. It's uh kind of like ice nine kills well let me let me do it i did the research you're technically not supposed to be doing the research i didn't do research you looked at wikipedia (laughs) um eminem's music is considered to be horrorcore according to tyler from that spooky which is a podcast i've talked about before please hold all questions until the end of the presentation thank you um so according to one of the hosts from that spooky horrorcore is made up of dark violent and graphic music making eminem's music horrorcore anger is a heavy theme within the album but it was done in a way that allowed the listeners to make a connection with the artist that of feeling down and out at the end of one's rope being broke jealous and backed up into a corner it screamed you don't want to fuck with me and it was a message that many people at the time could get on board with do you have a question about horrorcore because you were starting to raise your hand and i shot you down (laughs) Is it just this album that's considered horrorcore? No, or Eminem is... in general. Okay. But, since the, the, I mean, his his second album, um, the Slim Shady LP, did well. Put him out there. Um, this is what launched him into stardom and brought him into everybody's freaking home. And um, 
but with the songs on it, which there's one that's like a continuation of one from the first album, they are all violent. And it, it that's like one of the biggest issues that people had with it is, I mean, there's a song on there about him killing his wife, you know, and it's, so that's, it falls under the horrorcore genre. So I thought that was an interesting, interesting, interesting note uh the album was reaction to his overnight stardom that came from the slim shady lp which was only released 15 months earlier here he lashes out at the media his critics and the loss of his privacy but rather than backing down he pushed harder and decided to turn into that monster that the media accused him of being which ended up creating a bigger villain and a huge star he plays the prankster, villain, and anti-hero all in one, creating a sound of struggle and acceptance. It was a nightmare for conservative America with the threat of quote-unquote trailer trash psychopaths coming to crush moral values and convert our precious, impressionable youth. So it's, and I'll talk a little bit more, more about this here in a little bit. He was different because he was relatable. Yeah, I get that. Uh, on this album... Eminem targets parents, gay people, boy bands, girl groups, teachers, journalists, his mother, his wife, and even his own fans. He was trolling people before the term even existed. His overall goal was to piss people off and it worked much in the same way that South Park worked. The shock value. People were just... It's like it's like watching a, an accident or train wreck. You cannot take your eyes off of it. You know you shouldn't be watching it. Yeah, it, but you just you can't. It, he had that shock value, and you listen to it, and you're like, "The fuck did he just say?" And it makes you want to listen to it again. And so it, he, he played off of that, and the media was calling him out, and you know, calling him these awful things. And he just he doubled down, and he went for it. And he's like, "You want to call me a, a a bad guy and a villain? Sure, I'll be that. Why not?" And it just it kind of blew up in everybody else's face and worked out in his favor. Like I just said, he was more relatable, right? So he was more relatable than his counterparts. Jay-Z rapped about pimping on yachts while DMX smeared himself with blood. His lyrics were more relatable to his target audience, making him more accessible to the listener. He touched on the hypocrisy of the adult world, pop culture emptiness, corporate greed, and the artificial facade of polite society. But what's most appealing is the way that he articulates his ideas, whether it's about his life or what's going on in the world, he does it in a thought-provoking and entertaining way. The focus for many wasn't necessarily wasn't necessarily the lyrics itself, but rather how the album felt like an antidepressant, a type of audio medication, and one that offered a break from their own reality. So, it's he like I like I just said in the the quote the, like the trailer trash part of it. More people were able to relate to, I don't want to say like that lifestyle, that upbringing, because I didn't come from anything like that. You know, my parents didn't abuse me. They stayed together. Um, um, you know, I, we weren't necessarily rich, but we weren't poor. We were middle class, what was considered to be middle class at the time. You know, my parents held jobs. It's vastly different from his upbringing if you were to read about his life but it was more relatable to me than you know songs about owning yachts yeah i've never been on a fucking yacht <laughs> you know it's it, so it's well it, you wouldn't go on the yacht because you don't like water but that's because have you seen jaws okay them sharks are huge <laughs> yeah i have jaws that's unnecessary um he's seven foot tall and uh he's an avid fan of golf though what jaws is an avid fan of golf bruce no he was in happy gilmore richard keel what does that have to do with jaws he played jaws in james bond metal teeth you and i were talking about two vastly different things hey per you were talking about jaws i was talking about jaws whatever point was more people were able to relate to Eminem 
on a personal level than they were some of these other rappers who rapped about these huge outrageous lifestyles yeah they were just too far too far out there the music was good i love jay-z's album i think there's a jay-z album on this list i think so i think it's this, this one that came out around the same time but i can't relate to most yeah. of his stuff you know so it's it makes it easier to connect yeah because you can connect to songs about wanting to kill your spouse absolutely um so that being said <laughs> um my last point is um, the album cover also created a lot of controversy within itself, and he was forced to change the album artwork for the second printing. People complained of drug and alcohol imagery within the first version. I looked at both versions, and I think people were just really overacting. Now, this is 20 years later, but I think people were just trying to like nitpick. Which cover was the original? Was it The House? Uh, or was it the one where he's curled up? God, I, I honestly don't remember, and I should know that. Because I think there's a third one, too. Oh, a third one? I didn't see that. Where he's... Um, it looks like it's from Stan, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good... I, I don't know, because a lot of a lot of the articles, when they, they would bring this up, they didn't necessarily show which one was which, but in some of them showed both but not necessarily in reference to this specific point. So it just, that was just a highlight thing. But that's a good question. I probably should look that up for next time and I probably will not remember to do that. Do you have anything else to add or any questions before we move on to the impact? Um, nothing that would fall under history. Okay. So uh, Marshall Mathers LP sold 1.7 million copies within the first week. 6.5 million within the first month and over time sold over 35 million copies worldwide making it the best-selling rap record of all time and it's considered to be the greatest hip-hop record ever it debuted at number two on the billboard 200 eminem held the record as a held the record as a as the fastest selling studio album by any solo artist in american music history a title he held before you google a title he held onto for 15 years until it was broken by adele's release of 25 this was the album that was loud wild dangerous out of control grotesque and unsettling but you couldn't pull your ears away from it that's what one reviewer had said yes on that point of bringing up Adele, because I was going to go into that later if you didn't bring it up. So I went on Wiki and saw the fastest, one of the fastest selling. Did you look into that chart at all? Nope. Okay. So uh, p- according to this, 25 sold 3.4 million roughly in the first week. This Marshall Mathers LP sold 1.7 in the first week. Do you know what number two and three on that list? Hmm. NSYNC's No Strings Attached. Oh, yes. I saw that. And Britney Spears. And NSYNC's Celebrity. Oh, yeah. But uh, this came out in an, in an era where CD sales were so high because of artists like Britney Spears and NSYNC. Yeah. And then the, rounding out the top ten real quick. Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. Boy, boy, boy group. Uh, two more M&M's. Yeah. Uh, oops, I did it again. Britney. And then 9 and 10 are Taylor Swift. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, you look at the rest of that list, you're like, okay, this is... It's it's an interesting mm-hmm. list when you when you look at it. Like, I, I wouldn't think... I know that these albums are popular. Yeah, but Eminem doesn't fit in with everybody else. It's, it's And I bizarre. also wouldn't think that you know you sell that much and that quick yeah yeah but you have to think of the target audience this is before streaming and this is really when you know a lot of these people most of those albums came out around the same time Mm -hmm. except for taylor swift and adele yeah i think they were all and the other two m&ms i think it was all in a span of like four years yeah Thanks to my generation. Talking about my generation. Do you know who that is? No, I don't know who that is. 
So an early review from the Village Voice noted Eminem as being, quote, exceptionally witty and musical, discernibly thoughtful and good-hearted, indubitably dangerous and full of shit, <laughs> giving the album an A. Despite other white rappers like Vanilla Ice and the Beastie Boys, it was Eminem that broke the color barrier of hip-hop and became not only successful, but culturally acceptable. He just blew up. So he was the first one, like, you had, like I said, Vanilla Ice. A lot of people kind of consider him to be a joke. Yeah. And the Beastie Boys, they're good, but they were they were a group. So I don't I don't know if that made a difference between this. But Eminem was the first one. He had a lot of backing. Yeah, I was just say look at who was backing him, and even uh, I don't remember who all's in it, but he was in D twelve. Yeah. And that's another. You get all these these black artists behind and, you. Yeah, and they they really pushed it for success and and so he he broke the color barrier in a way that made it culturally accept, acceptable in, in both both sides you know so i th i thought that was interesting and this is another fact because i am old i am an old <laughs> i am an old i am an old you are a semi old <laughs> um do you know what the word stan means before before you did anything about this had you ever heard the word like I stand those two or I stand that, you know? Have you ever heard like the youngs talk about that? <laughs> they use that phrase? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because I am an old, I didn't know what it meant and I'm like, "Oh, is that that young person lingo? I don't know what that means, but that sounds cool." You know, like I and I was too lazy to go on Urban Dictionary and try to figure this shit out. I was like, "Okay, whatever. We can't speak correctly anymore." Making me sound 90. It comes from this. The word stan was added to the dictionary, meaning an overzealous or obsessive fan of, of a particular celebrity. So that, it comes from this song. When yeah. It's all about that. And now, now they use it. So when they say, like, I stan them as a couple, you know, they're talking, they're, they're obsessive about it. So I felt hip when I got that piece of information. And I felt hop stop it's just we're no <laughs> the album also has a strong message of hate against women and towards those from the lgbtq community which as a woman that's this shouldn't be something i like yeah right? it's up to the listener to determine whether or not eminent was serious or if this was satire as a way to ease tension with the lgbtq community Eminem performed Stand with Elton John. However, this did not stop gay rights and women's groups like Now and Glad from protesting. What is your face? I have a, I have a side story about Elton John. What? Uh, it was an interview that I saw at one point. I don't remember whose show he was on. But there was a lot of talk that, you know, Eminem is homophobic and all that. Mm -hmm. So Elton John was defending him. And he said he actually... Uh, got me and my husband wedding gifts. He got them diamond and cut diamond encrusted cock rings for their <laughs> wedding. <laughs> According to Elton John, I like it. I like it a lot. That's funny. And so I was reading a lot about that and the, these protests. They were you know saying that like that was just for show, is just publicity. But Eminem. I think he was sincere in, in the gesture trying to make it work. I mean, yeah, it went against his lyrics, sort of, but you also had to, like, was he full of shit? You know, is this him as a human being, or is he full of shit? And I think that's it's up to the listener to interpret that. Like, if you think he's serious, don't support him. But if you think he's full of shit and you like the music, who cares? I'm going to say that I know we... I brought up like Cannibal Corpse and all that. I'm going to guess that probably 98% of all of the music that has that kind of undertones is bullshit. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing there's some out there, but that's more of a really dark rabbit hole that we don't want to yeah. go down. Well, have you ever seen... I, I'm going to call it a meme of of him. It, I've seen people share it on Facebook. It's him in a, in a quote. He said something to the effect of, I don't care if you're like this color, this color, bi, straight, gay, whatever. 
I'm going to treat you the way you treat me, and that's all there is to it. So, it, like, very, like, like, not one side or the other, just, like, if you're a dick to me, I'll be a dick to you. If you're nice yeah. to me, I'll be nice. Like, how we all should be. Be nice to each other. Quit being assholes. You know, so that's what makes me believe he's sat he's either it's either satire or he grew the fuck up since then but you know either way i don't believe it yeah um so here's where we get into some heavy bullshit lynn cheney argued to the u.s senate that eminem advocates murder and rape she thought of him to be the decline of Western civilization and was convinced that if we didn't stop him, mass shootings would ensue and who knows what else. However, his lyrics were so absurd that teenagers everywhere even wondered why adults took it seriously. That's a lot to break down in that, okay? So this this was early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. She, she argued this to the Senate. She says, you know, he promotes this stuff. I thought she was full of shit. Like, because this is, this is the parental advisory thing. And it's Frank Zappa, Andy Snyder, and who else? John Denver. They, yeah, the they, PMRC. Yeah. So they, they argued this stuff. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, two things. One, if you get a chance, check out the D. Snyder interview it is very interesting and two i think your time frame is a little off because i think that was late 80s early 90s okay but still that happened because frank zapp died in mid 90s i think okay but still it happened and people are still arguing like lynn cheney went there and she's like he needs to be stopped well they put these parental advisory stickers on it great me personally think that's as far as they should have gone. Because I think it's up to the parent. You police that. Yeah. Like, the government doesn't need to police everybody. Like, in terms of that. Like, they don't need to parent the children. Your parents need to parent the children. And then if your parents are not parenting, then that's when... That's they, a whole separate issue. Right. But, like... They should not stop an artist from doing what they do just because they don't like it. That should be up to the parents to decide whether or not their children get to do it. And if you have parents like mine, they're not going to pay attention, (laughs) Dad, (laughs) until they hear it 20 years later on a podcast, Dad. But but I did think it was interesting that this happened so long ago and she said more mass shootings would ensue look what has happened well yeah he was never stopped so it's like that's an interesting point is i mean and i'm going to talk a little bit about that later but it's the nature versus nurture argument do you honestly think i mean okay he wasn't stopped mass shootings happen are we blaming eminem for it you know what I mean? Like, that, I think it's ridiculous to blame him. But if he was stopped, would there be mass shootings? Like, when I read that and then had heard, you know, remember back to, God, there was one just the other day. And we're so desensitized to it now because it's so fucking ridiculous in this country. What was that word? Desensitized. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say ridiculous. I did say ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So fucking ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that, it, you know, it because it happens every two seconds. Almost not an exaggeration. But it, I thought it was kind of interesting to read that. And because she, she had said it so long ago. And I, and I believe... I, I wrote it down and then I crossed off my notes. But he mentioned... Um, Marilyn Manson and Columbine. Yes. In one of them. Yeah, he's like, so should we be blaming Marilyn Manson for Columbine? Like, he had nothing fucking to do with it. I actually, so I'm, I'm listening to um, a new podcast. Well, a new to me podcast. It is not new. Last podcast on the left. You've, you've listened to some episodes with me that I've just had out there. And they just did a three or four part 
I like I'm in 2015 2016 like they've been around a long time and I started as early as I could and I just got to the ones where they talked about Columbine and they broke it down and these kids you know they were like people think that they were bullied and they were loners and they were popular kids these two that shot up the school they were popular kids they were just fucking assholes and it's you have people are blaming Marilyn Manson Blame the two fuckers that did it. Yeah. You know, it's... Again, I'll talk about this a little more in my review, but I have yet to shoot anybody. Even, not a mass shooting, shoot anybody, period. I shot a gun once. I shot four bullets, hated it, handed it back to you. And I didn't even shoot at you. So that was a missed opportunity. But, like, I haven't raped anybody i haven't slit anybody's throat i haven't thrown anybody's body in the trunk although i do threaten carol with that at work often (laughs) sorry carol um not sorry but you know it's you don't blame the people who put the art out there no you know it's andy warhol did that famous painting of campbell soup and it didn't make anybody really want to go and like throw campbell soup cans at anybody i mean be smart, be reasonable, take responsibility as a parent and as a human being, and don't put the blame on other people. Off my soapbox. Okay. <laughs> well, you need to stay on your soapbox so you can so see. So I can see, because I'm fucking short. Thank you. Um, going on. Uh, one critic called the album <laughs> Jerry Springer the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. While another called it indefensible and critic-proof, hypocritical and heartbreaking unlistenable and undeniable it's a disposable shock rap session and the first great pop record of the 21st century giving it three different grades a plus for media savvy d plus for moral responsibility and a minus for overall artistry (laughs) it's just these reviews were all over the fucking place it just i but it was in the same review it just it cracked me up that it just was one end to the of the spectrum to the yeah. other in the same review but people people loved it um i think it might have been difficult for people to view this on one hand you have an artist who's doing a craft incredibly well but on the other it's mixed in with messages of violence and hate in a way that makes the listener unsure if he's serious or not is it satire? Is it truth? Does Eminem even care? The answer to all three is no. Like, Eminem doesn't care what you think. Is he being serious? Probably not. Is he is he using satire to get his message across? Maybe not. But he doesn't fucking care. Yeah. Um. So the release singles from this, The Real Slim Shady, The Way I Am, and Stan. The Real Slim Shady is Eminem's biggest hit ever, peaking at number four on the Billboard Hot 100. The song became one of the most iconic songs of the 2000s, and it almost didn't even happen. It literally was added just hours before the album was due. And thanks to sampling Dido's Thank You on Stan, Eminem helped pull her into the mainstream. The Marshall Mathers LP LP has gone platinum 11 times. Have you ever seen the video of him performing this on MTV? I don't believe so. This was such a fucking iconic moment, and I want to watch this with you. I I forgot to bring it up because I wanted I wanted to watch it with you before we started recording, but maybe we'll watch it after this. So the MTV, I, I don't remember if it was the video. I think it was the Video Music Awards, not the Movie Awards. Um, but he um, he is outside of the theater. And he's introduced by Jim Carrey. And, um, you know, Jim, he jokes a little bit about Eminem and his crassness and, and all this stuff. And then they go, the camera goes outside and it's him, white tank top, jeans, platinum blonde hair, surrounded by a shit ton of other dudes dressed the exact same way. And it's for the real Slim Shady. And he opens the song outside and they all march into the theater together and get up on the stage as he's singing the song. And it's just such 
a huge because one of the things is um one of the lyrics in the songs is like um lots of other people that act like me walk talk and like dress like me walk talk and act like me it, it was so cool just so fucking awesome but it was uh, so iconic and it, that's the moment that it was in everybody's living room and everybody saw it and that's when like the parents were like oh fuck this is this is gonna screw up our kids you know like turn this shit off you know it it was to me when I when I was reading about that because I watched that and I I had forgotten about it and when I, I read it I was I had to think I bet this was comparable to when parents were watching their children like who had what was it Ed Sullivan when he had Elvis on was that the show yeah and wait, like his well, shaking his hips and it was like freaking I, parents I think that out. was Ed Sullivan yeah but whatever Elvis was on like some show for the first time on TV and he was told not to gyrate his hips I believe is the term they used and he did it anyway and I remember hearing like parents were fucking out fucking out freaking the fuck out. I imagine this was similar. Yes. I believe on the Elvis thing, that wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. I think it was, he was nervous, so he just started kind of shaking. Yeah. And then everybody started reacting to it. But still, I think it's, it's very similar. I could be wrong. That's because, you know, I wasn't alive when Elvis was around that early in the 50s. I was born in the 80s. <laughs> but point is, it's the shock value and people were like, oh my God, look at this guy. He's he's corrupting the minds of the youth. The youth. <laughs> so that was all my information. Do you have anything to ask or anything to add before I get into thinking my sauces? The sauces? Sauces? Uh, I don't believe so. Good. I did a good job this week. Oh. Oh, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> Uh, I did see something interesting while I was on the Wikipedias. I don't have any other information of this. The Marshall Mathers LP is one of the 15 best performing 21st century albums without any of its singles being number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100. Mm-hmm. I'd be very interested to see what the rest of that list is, mm-hmm. if that is indeed Let's accurate. Homework, whereas Johnny and Tyler of that spooky say homo work you get mad at me when i try and do homework or assign homework no, no, though no, no no i get mad at you because you send me a random link to something with a single text that says homework and you don't say what it has to do with and as a former teacher like not having a lot of information it's fucking nuts so knock that shit off <laughs> okay so list of sources Okay. Thank you to uh, Tyler from That Spooky on episode number 205, Ode to Mort. Uh, that's where he talked about horrorcore. And he specifically mentioned Eminem, and I knew this was coming up. I was like, oh, i got to stop and add this. Um, thank you to the Marshall Mathers LP by Jeremy D. Larson, published April 15th, 2018 on pitchfork.com. Thank you to Eminem Stan, added to the Oxford English Dictionary by Amanda Wicks, published June 1st, 2017 on pitchfork.com. Thank you to the Marshall Mathers LP, no author, no date, on eminem.fandom.com. Thank you to the Marshall Mathers LP is 22 years old, and we're not going to talk about that, published by Devin Neely on May 23rd, 2022 on boingboing.net, real website. Thank you to the Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem's Provocative Masterpiece by Patrick Beirut, published May 23rd, 2021 on youdiscovermusic.com. Thank you to the Shady Side of Fame, Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP Turns 20, published by Adam Graham on May 23rd, 2020 on detroitnews.com. Thank you to Murder Fantasies, Fights, Pranks, and Obsessive Fans, the story of, of Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP, by Mark Beaumont on May 23rd, 2020 on independent.co.uk. Okay, before I continue going, I would like you to know that I have caught at least five typos in my notes where Mathers is Maters. And I do run spell check 
on these notes, but maters is a real word, so it's not catching it, and now I'm cracking up because I want to say maters every time I see Mathers. <clears throat> All I can think of is Tomater. Tomater. Uh, and tornado caught in a Or trailer. Fuck. Never mind. Edit that out. You're not going to edit that out because it makes me sound dumb. <laughs> Thank you to the Marshall Mathers LP Turns 20 by Tom Bayron, um, published May 22nd, 2020 on StereoGum.com. Thank you to number 145, Eminem, the Marshall Mathers LP 2000 by Brett Schweetz, published April 19th, no year, on Rolling, or, sorry, not Rolling Stone, rs500albums.com. Thank you to Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP Album Review by Tour, T-O-U-R-E, no last name, it's Different. like Share. Yeah, it's like Share. Um, uh, July 6, 2000 on rollingstone.com. Thank you to Before and After The Marshall Mathers LP by Charles Aaron, May 18th, 2020 on newyorktimes.com. Thank you to Eminem, The Marshall Mathers LP turns 22 today, published by NK. On May 23rd, 2022, on Eminem.news. Thank you to May We Have Your Attention, the Marshall Mathers Maters LP at, at 20 by Jeff Weiss, published May 22nd, 2020, at the Ringer at on the Ringer.com. We're almost done. Thank you to the Marshall Mathers LP by Will Hermes. Hermes? Hermes? I don't. Fuck, I'm dumb. May 24th, 2000 on EW.com. Thank you to Why Marshall Mathers LP is Eminem's most important album. No author on May 23rd, 2021 on Hot97.com. And thank you to Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP at 20, Why It's a Misunderstood Masterpiece by Will Lavin. May 23rd, 2020 on NME.com. I told you I had a lot of resources. I'm getting better at research. I was already good, but I'm getting better. So if you're ready... Um, we, weed, <laughs> who's we, I don't know, me and my six personalities, um, would like you to give your review, but before we do, um, if you can hear some crinkly, like, plastic bag action going on in the back, I would like to apologize, that's our cat Snickers, we bought them a, a little tube that they can play in, and she has decided in the last two or three seconds to be active, <laughs> in that crinkly tube so if you can hear that our bad she's a bit psycho and uh speaking of psycho things evan go ahead with your review so the short of it is there's a song in the middle that i like um i like i don't know if i like the real slim shady or if it's just because it's so ingrained mm-hmm. so i it's We've discussed this before that I'd like to have an opportunity to hear some of these songs for the very first time again mm-hmm. and go through that experience. So I'm not sure what my actual feelings on it are, but it'll probably stay in low rotation. And then I know they're not the first and last tracks, but I like the bookends of Stan and Kim. Mm-hmm. Do like the the stories and the way it's presented but that being said i am going to call this album angry lullaby music because it's very repetitive kind of music in the it's low background music and then it's just the way that it's presented it's okay i'm gonna it's like reading you a bedtime story it's, you say this one short line, and then it rhymes with the next very short line. Or it's like, good night, moon, good night, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, don't ask me if I know what you mean, because the answer will always be no. I'm a little offended, but I'm going to let you continue, because this is your review. Keep going. That's all I... So you didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I'd give it a B-, minus, but I don't know... I don't I don't think I like the style. Just So you are not a fan of rap and hip hop. Correct. There's nothing you can take away from it that is really going to pull you into the genre and to like okay, for I'll give you an example for me. I love the beat of hip hop. Yeah. I love dancing. I love the beat of hip hop. Hip hop is easy to dance to. You do not care for it. 
it seems I don't want to say basic, but it's it's the same it's the same structure. It's like it's it's your same eight beats or your same eight bars. It's just repeated. Like there's no like we like we mentioned with Beatles. Like there's nothing more to it. It's it's very okay. Here are your eight bars musically, and that's just gonna that's all it is. So that I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of that type in general of where it's is just very plain. I mean I don't have a problem with like with Green Day. Like I don't have a problem with that because I like the rest of the stuff that's on top of it. But if I don't care I'm more I more care about the music than the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And especially on something like this, where the the music itself is low, and it focuses more on the lyrics. You know what I mean? Where where it's that's more your folk, like the like it seems like here's your equalizer, and your your music's at three, and your lyrics are at eight. Like it doesn't like if the lyrics were at six and the music was at four you know it's it's close to being even okay so the reason i'm not looking at you right now is not because i disagree with your whatever assessment i don't know what my assessment is i'm trying to figure out what the fuck you were just saying to me okay (sighs) let's let's do some translation here okay if you can you are not a fan of hip-hop correct you didn't like this. I didn't hate it. I mean, it it would get a B minus. You know, it's not going to be one of those that I I can't stand it. Can you at least understand why this album was so popular? Yeah, and it it's. Do you? No, I'm asking questions. You okay? You are being interrogated. <sighs> Remember, I listened to a lot of true crime. Where were you on the no? Um. <laughs> Where were you on the night of Kim's disappearance? <laughs> okay, so I guess I well, guess hold on. I'm still answering your previous question. I'd like to retract my previous statement. I guess I don't quite understand the not appeal, but the impact because that was not something that I was able to experience. Okay. So you're rating it it doesn't have a little bit of nostalgia for you. You weren't around really in that time. Most of So you're rating it based off of if you would listen to it today. Most of my ratings that I've done have been on my at the time reaction. I don't I don't tend to rate things based on like Sergeant Pepper's, like I wouldn't. That doesn't affect. I have lost my train of thought. Yeah, I lost it a long time ago. You you were on the train for all of three seconds. The conductor came on to check your tickets, and he was like, "This motherfucker doesn't know what he's doing," and they booted you off the back. That's exactly what happened with your train of thought here. Okay, yes or no questions. Did you like it? And all you can say is yet the word yes or the word no. You can't even say or. The word yes, the word no. Did you like it? As a whole or as... No, no. The game is yes or no. Did you like it? As a whole or in pieces? As a whole, did you like it? I would lean more towards no. Wait, stop, stop, But stop. But there were parts that I did like. Would you listen to it again? As a whole? Fuck no. Will you say? Okay. But there are parts that I would listen to again. Are you keeping songs? Yes. Okay. Sub question. What songs are you keeping? Yes. You told me I could only answer it's, yes it's or no. Sub question. The rules are different in the sub questions. Those were never explained. Okay. You can give me full length sentences. And I know that's hard for you to do, but you can do that in the sub-question. Sub-question, what songs are you keeping? I would keep Stan. Okay. I would keep Kim. Okay. And I would keep the real Slim Shady. Okay. Regular question. 
lyrically, did you enjoy it? As a whole, yes or no, lyrically, did you enjoy it? Yes, but I like the like the Marx Brothers, the Abbott and Costello, the wordplay. Okay. Yep. Musically, did you enjoy it? As a whole, no. Okay. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Last question. Does your opinion really matter to me? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else you want to say? Because you and I do this very different. I give you this whole thing where I was in like my emotional headspace when I was listening to it or where I heard it growing up or whatever. And I tell you why I like these songs and everything. And you're just like, I didn't like it. See. I enjoyed one song. I give B. <laughs> like there's yeah i've i've never i know there are people that really dive into the lyrics and all that but it if it doesn't sound good to me musically i for the most part don't care like it could be let's take cats you know just because there are cats in front of us If I hate the music for that, I'm not going to enjoy it. Right. You know, I don't I don't care. It could be you could put Iron Maiden's lyrics with Cats's music and I'm not going to like it. You could put Cats lyrics with Iron Maiden music and I would probably <laughs> enjoy it. Heavy metal version of Cats. I would fucking watch that in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. I, you, we've talked to how I am drawn to the sound of the music first. And if you make a sound of music joke, I will throw my chapstick at you. And hopefully that it goes in one of your giant ears. But, um, it, yeah, I get it. Um, so you ready for me to get mine? Or do you need to go stop the cat from attacking your Apple Watch? Mm, she's okay right now, but you might need to correct that with chapstick. Okay. So, uh, like I said, this album came out in the spring of my junior year of high school. I immediately loved it. We've talked before how I'm more attracted to the sound of music, like I just said, rather than the lyrics. And that's essentially what drew me here. Um, it, so, breaking a little bit. I am not keeping Kim. And I'll talk a little bit more about why. Um... But I liked the background music to it. So it's like overall, I she is flat out chasing her tail. She, she just, she's going to fall off. <laughs> okay, sorry, cat ADD. Um, not keeping Kim, but I enjoyed the music to it. So that's, that's what drew me here. Um, is she, okay, I can't get over this. She's chasing her tail. The, okay. Side story here. This cat has been really hesitant with us since we brought her home and she's just now breaking out of her shell and coming down and, and spending time with us. But it's, it has to be on her terms. Like, she'll be in the room, but if any of us get close to her, she dips. And so, like, we're anytime she spends time with us, we're really excited about it and she was just chasing her tail. Anyway. Um, so, like I said, the, the music rather than the lyrics, that's what drew me to this album. At the time, I never gave much thought to the lyrics. Um, I eventually began to understand them, but that's not what originally got me hooked. And it wasn't until Stan that I, I changed. And I can tell you exactly where I was and exactly what I was doing the first time. I really listened to it. Like, like really listened to Stan. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's such a sad and moving story. I think that many people are surprised at my musical taste if they were just to take a look at me. Um, but I loved this album then, and I loved it now. Uh, what drew me to this was similar to what I read in some reviews. It allowed me to rebel in a way that I would never in reality. It gave me an outlet for any anger I had and actually worked to help me help provide me with solid arguments as I went through college. And I don't think we've ever talked about this. Yes. Um... So I went to school to become an elementary school teacher. 
and I had to take a lot of classes in child development and psychology. This album was a very hot topic in some of my classes for a few years with professors sort of taking Lynn Cheney's side of things. I would always argue that I loved the album, knew all the songs, and had yet to steal, rape, or murder. Nature versus nurture, parental involvement, etc., etc. It was kind of awesome to be able to use this album as an argument. All of that to say, I love this album! It's so good, and while the lyrics are a little bit cringy today, like, I mean, they were cringy then, but they're even more cringy now, you know, read the violence and homophobia and, you know, again, especially against women. Um, I think it's up to the listener. Is it satire? Should you hate everybody not like you? Is Eminem serious in his messages? I don't believe so, but all art is up for interpretation. So the reason I'm not keeping Kim is because it's too violent for This is coming from me. Dead Inside, Black Heart, you know, I Don't Cry. That song is too violent for me to think of, to listen to. I could listen to it here, but to really, like, sit and, like, listen to it, listen to it, after listening to too many true crimes, it, it breaks my heart. The music behind it is great, and I enjoyed it, you know, but it's actually, like, listening to it. I can't, I can't do it enough to where I would keep it yeah know, i don't i don't know if it would go in rotation yeah but. but i'm keeping kill you stan the way i am the real slim shady and i'm back and i give it an a i do have one more thing to add yeah and this is i don't want to say this genre in general but there are Definitely examples of music and movies that feel dated when you listen to them a second time, like in terms of references. Well, I mean, he referenced a I, lot of things that were happening at that time. I know, well, like there there was a reference to Tom Green. You know, like oh, yeah. when was the last time that was relevant? Right. And well, that, a, that's a... that. A, sorry. I think that may also be a deterrent. With some of this stuff and, and it, same with movies is like okay this movie just feels so out of place now well that's what i was gonna say it's the same thing when you see an older movie and they use a really old flip phone like cell phone or whatever and you're like oh this is dated and it and it you yeah. you look at it slightly differently it's like okay this is this was going okay until this point and now my view of this has changed enough mm-hmm but if you take if you take that out, the music itself is still great. Like the backbeats and and the harmonies and the the melodies to it, it's still really amazing. So I get what you're saying, but I think it's still it's good, you know. Yeah. So final thoughts? No, because that train of thought has left the building long ago. <laughs> So, I'm not out there rapping the lyrics like it's gospel. It's shocking for the sake of being shocking, but I did enjoy it. I like more songs than were official releases, and I like some songs that I wouldn't necessarily keep on my playlist. Like I said, Kim for the music, but just couldn't keep the song. It's not something that I'd want to listen to over and over again. Eminem is so talented, and this album is so good, and you know, sure shit, that I know all the words to the real Slim Shady. It's good. The beat is catchy, and it's horrorcore at its best. I loved it. There's another Eminem album on this list, and I can't remember which one, but there's another one down the line. Is it the Marshall Mathers LP 2? No. Is it Clerks 3? <laughs> no. I don't... Uh, I think it might be the Eminem show, I think, but it, I don't he's know. got we'll, another one on this one. We'll look into that, because yeah. I thought this would be... I thought this and the Jay-Z one that we talked about earlier, I think I thought those would be well, the only we'll two we'll look there. into it. Okay. Uh, you got any recommendations? Uh, figuring out how to board your train of thought so you don't derail <laughs> with dead air. <laughs> um, my recommendation was... It, did I recommend House of Dragon last week? Yes. Yeah. Fuck. We didn't even watch the second episode. I don't know why I would recommend it. Okay. So I'm watching the show Trust. Right. It was from 2018, 2019, I think 18. 
has um, Donald Sutherland, Hillary Swank, and a bunch of people I don't know. Um, but it's about the kidnapping of John Paul Getty III, which is a grandson of this oil tycoon back in the 70s, I think. It is so good. True crime. It is, it is true crime. I got it. I have an addiction. And the only cure is more. Cowbell. <laughs> so, all right. So let's get on with this day in history. Okay. So this should be released on September 23rd. Yes. Okay? Yes. 1957. The Crickets went to number one on the U.S. singles chart with... Is that Buddy Holly and the Crickets? Yeah. Uh, shit. What's that? Uh, my mind, my mind is drawing a blank. I should know this. What is it? That'll be the day. That'll be the God damn it! Do you you know, asked me too quick, and my brain was like, "What's brain?" <laughs> you know what that's from? Uh, it's a song. That'll be the day. Yeah. Do you know what the line is from? That I die. That'll be the day. A, a that I die. The title being taken from a phrase used by John Wayne in the film The Searchers. Oh, that'll be the day. God, that movie. We had to watch that how many times? And I... I think we only had to watch it once. Did we? Yeah. I don't know. Some of those that we had to write a paper on, we had to watch a few times, and they ruined the experience for me. Continue. Uh, 1968. The Beatles were working on new songs for... It, it says the White Album, but the Beatles. You know who came to visit them in the studio? Uh, Eric Clapton. The Doors. Oh, really? I'm not wrong, though. Are you sure? Eric Clapton was on the guitar for While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Just saying. You know what else I'm just saying is that the people at home can't hear you shrug your shoulders at me. Because it's not a medium. medium. (laughs) We haven't said that yet. You know what I'm just saying? What? That'll be the day. Fuck it. (laughs) 1977. David Bowie released Heroes as a single. Uh, The track features King Crimson guitarist Robert Fripp and has gone on to become one of Bowie's signature songs. Mm -hmm. September 23rd, 1980. Bob Marley collapsed on stage during a concert at the Stanley Theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Marley had collapsed in New York's Central Park while jogging two days before and was told to immediately cancel the U.S. leg of his tour but flew to Pittsburgh to perform one final performance. This was the last time Marley ever appeared on stage performing before he died of cancer in May of 1981. In 2013, on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California, the show followed his appearance on TV's Jimmy Kimmel Live show. What year was that? 2013. Oh, I was going to say, we, like, we made a big jump and I didn't realize it. And I have one last thing that's actually kind of interesting that I don't know if you want to talk about a little bit. In 2016, according to the Music Business Association, playlists were now a more popular way to listen to music than albums. The report said playlists accounted for 31% of listening time across all demographics, while albums lagged behind at 22%. Single tracks remained the dominant format, according to the study, accounting for 46% of music played. Which makes sense. I mean, we talk about how much we listen to what's on our phones, and how I wouldn't you know, like, we're keeping certain songs. When we say we're keeping certain songs, we're adding them to our playlist. And we don't listen to the whole albums outside of, you know, this, unless it's me and the White Stripes and I listen to it a few times as a whole. But, yeah, I get it. Which, and I, this is a whole different tangent. I think albums or uh, listening to CDs should be more popular because it gives you a better understanding of an artist whereas you say okay back in the day when you would buy an album before streaming it's like okay i spent 20 bucks on this album i gotta get my money's worth out of it i gotta listen to it all i can't just buy this cd for one song i have to listen to the whole thing 
which I think should be done more, if that makes sense. Uh, I th- think I tr- I understand what you're saying, but typically people bought it because they liked the one or two songs they heard. They bought it for those songs, and then they just discovered that they liked the rest of it. And then it was, oh, I like this artist, so I'm going to buy it for the album. But that's that's how people got into this stuff. I know, but you you buy the you buy the Marshall Mathers LP for twenty bucks. You're like, okay, I want it for this song. I'm not buying this song or listening to this one song twenty times is not going to give me my twenty dollars. I got to listen to the rest of it. Yeah. So you get your money's worth out of it and you discover more in terms of what's out there yeah which i think should be done more you ready for the birthdays yes okay (laughs) september 23rd ray charles singer songwriter uh 1962 uk and u.s number one single i can't stop loving you plus over 30 u.s top 40 singles yeah i know who ray charles is um i should know this it's the it's the 40s. Mid 40s? 45. 1930. Fuck me. God damn it. Okay. Roy Buchanan, U.S. guitarist, first worked with Dale Hawkins, released over 15 studio albums. Died after hanging himself by his own shirt in Fairfax County Adult Detention Center in Virginia after being arrested for drunkenness. Uh, 45. 39. I'm going to say 45 for all of these. Okay. Yeah. Neil Smith, drummer with the Alice Cooper Band. Um, he was playing with him when he had Schools Out and Elected and Billion Dollar Babies. So it's Alice Cooper Band, not Alice Cooper Solo. 45. Louder for the people in the 40 back. or 45? 47. <laughs> okay. Got... Uh, one more. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce? I am Springsteen. Did you see that? I'm sorry, the cat got really close to me. Um, 49. 49. <gasps> I got the boss right? I'm so smart. I'm sorry. 1945. <laughs> Alright, so, um, anything else before we go? I don't think so so uh thank you for listening please like and review it like it is not a thing on podcasts i don't know why i said that i don't know where i am these days your train of thought has left the station without you chugga chugga choo choo um give us a rating review it like we keep saying if you review it well you know if you tell us something that is just awful that doesn't work we're we're open to change we've made some changes already through this i think we're getting better but you know we got a long ways to go we're just like everybody else who does a podcast you learn and you grow but we don't know until the listeners tell us what they want um email tell us, us what you want what you really really want i'll tell you what i want what i really want. i want some pretzels and peanut butter um Email us at uh, worstpodonmars at gmail.com. Say hi to us on Twitter and Instagram at worstpodonmars. Um, And then uh, we have these mini episodes now on Tuesdays called Reviews Days. Working title. I prefer mini Martians, but whatever. I don't always get what we want in this marriage, clearly. Um, Anything you want to add? No. Other than the cat is just staring at me. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we take off next week, we're going to do Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic. But not those kind of toys. Oh, you don't know. You haven't listened to it yet. Bye.